What's the worst day you ever had in your business? I can name a few. I was a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who burned out because I couldn't give up control of anything in my business, whether it was because I thought I could do it faster or because I thought I couldn't afford it. I just refused to let anybody else in. Consequently, the business turned from a dream goal into a job I hated and I didn't know what to do anymore. In 2015, I closed my business, walked away, and started a whole new life. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And I realized that what I really love to do is marketing. I love to talk about marketing and create marketing and teach other people how to create value-based marketing initiatives that talk to their customers. I've done it for corporations, for entrepreneurs like you, bloggers, and everybody in between. I'm here to help you create your dream empire that gives you the freedom to create your life the way you want to do it. My name is Megan Brain. This is Stop Sucking Your Business. Let's go. Hey guys, Megan here. Welcome to Stop Sucking Your Business. As always, so pumped you're here. Thank you for tuning in and listening. This interview is with someone who I've admired for a really long time. And we've been, you know, Instagram friends for a while, but we never really took the next step until today. So I want to bring on Jeff Hagee, who is one of the best coaches ever talked. And this is one of the best interviews I've done. Time. So I hope that you may it too. So without further ado, here is Jeff Hagee. Jeff, this is going to be such a cool episode. You know, you and I have been Instagram ecosystem friends <laughs> for a while, but you know, this is the first time we're getting to talk and I am so happy you're here. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. And I, I appreciate you reaching out because um, I can't remember exactly. It's been long enough that we've <laughs> talked back and forth on Instagram. We should actually kind of officially introduce ourselves. And so, yeah, it was, I appreciate that and getting to know uh, Jimmy Bagels and everything. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, he, he has a, uh, he has his own brand, you know, like just Jimmy Bagels is a very unique personality. Yeah. Awesome. But thank so, you. Yeah, of course. So let's get into your background and um, then dive into self-talk. But first, you know, give us your story. Where'd you come from? How'd you get here? Absolutely. It's it's quite diverse. And, you know, a lot of it, you look at how people get into things and there's always a pattern that, oh, I was doing this and I turned to a business type of thing. Mine doesn't really connect like that all the way. Um, I... Going back a ways, I was a professional rodeo cowboy. And in fact, as I was going to school, my schooling was, my major was entrepreneurship and part-time I was working at a bank. And when I graduated, they offered me a job to go into their personal lending and stuff like that. And I turned it down because I was planning on just rodeoing the rest of my life. And um, so I turned that down and left that summer and rodeoed all summer. <clears throat> At the end of summer, my wife and I were talking and thought, you know, maybe there is a point I am going to have to grow up and be the kind of take some responsibilities and stuff. And so I went back to the bank and I was fortunate enough that a position for me still, and they put me into a training program and I absolutely loved the bank. And I, I was fortunate enough that I, able, I was able to advance in it fairly quickly. So I started as a personal lender and I got into the being an investment specialist and then into working with businesses and agriculture and whatnot. And then I ended up being a bank manager. 
but I was in a, a branch that um, I was considered a full service manager. So I managed the branch, but I also had the opportunity that I still did all the ag loan. I still did all the business and stuff. And that part I really loved because it gave me an opportunity to sit down with entrepreneurs and dissect their business, see what they were doing, see what they were doing right, see what they were doing wrong, and really learn a lot from them. And I absolutely loved it. And the other part about um, banking was they gave me opportunities to continue my education so much. Like I was constantly traveling to courses and doing courses online. So I really enjoyed it, but I really had an entrepreneur spirit in me. I, I got into real estate. I owned a meat storage and stuff like that. And one day I was sitting with one of my clients and we had talked about a lot of different opportunities that, you know, one day I wanted to be my own, those sort of things. And he had a home building company and he had a catalog on his desk. And it was for the manufactured stone, the artificial stone that you see on the front of houses. And he says, you know, this is something you should figure out. And I was living in Canada at the time. I was in Alberta, Southern Alberta. And so I did. I found someone in Missouri that taught me how to make it. I quit the job at the bank and went from being a bank manager to making rocks. And so it wasn't really a connection there, except that I had a desire to be an entrepreneur and to create something. And it, it was a, it's been a cool story that's company's Kodiak Mountain Stone. We started out strictly as a manufacturer um, there in Southern Alberta. And, you know, I told you I went to Missouri and learned how to do it. And then I, I specifically remember sitting in the airport on a layover in Dallas thinking, I never realized how easy this. And there is a specific color of one of my competitors. It was called Dakota Brown. I thought, you know, I'm going to go home. I'm going to make this stone. It's going to be Dakota Brown. It'll look just like it. It's going to be beautiful. First stone I ever make, it's going to sit on my shelf forever. And uh, so I got home and I'm all excited and we got in the shop. We we poured all the concrete, did everything. And, you know, early next morning, I'm out there all excited to pull this out. It's going to be my start of this company. And I pulled it out and it, it was pink. And it was just like, wow, okay, maybe this isn't so easy. And it, it really was. I mean, in any business, there's so many learning curves, but we had a really steep learning curve to figure out the manufacturing. Um, but we did it and we ended up in 2006, opened another factory in Utah. And, you know, between then and now there's been so much happening in the economy and different things. And we really changed a lot of the things we did. We ended up opening our own stores. We ended up distributing our product along with other products. And then as of the end of 2017, we actually are just distributing now. We actually got out of the manufacturing. Um, you know, it kind of was the Jim Collins, good to great, uh, philosophies. Yeah. What are we going to be best in the world at? And we knew, you know, going up against some of the big guys, we weren't going to be best in the world at manufacturing. And so we shifted our focus and now we're just in the distribution part of it. But one of the things that I really loved, like going back to when I was a bank manager, sitting down with entrepreneurs and learning about their business and working with them like that. Well, when I started Kodiak Mountain Stone and over the years and stuff, I had a lot of opportunities for people to come to me and say, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. Can you kind of give me some guidance and stuff? So I'd work with people that way. And then also my partner, the one that um, had the catalog on his desk, he started a business, comp uh, business conference over in Hawaii in conjunction with BYU-Hawaii. And we ended up having a good relationship with that university. And I had the opportunity for about four years, I think it was, that I would go over there and work with their students on their business plans. And then I'd be a judge in the business plan competition and stuff. And the really cool thing about that was they had kind of two separate business plan competitions. One was just the regular one that you would think of at most schools. But the other one was for kids from developing countries because they have a lot of kids from developing countries. So, you know, one of the most 
there's two that really stand out in my mind. One was this really intense business plan for this kid to go home and deliver rice around his village, you know, and it, it just to work at a different level like that. It was just so fun and being a mentor like that. I really loved it. And then another one, um, Sari, he was from uh, Cote d'Ivoire in the Ivory Coast and his uh, company was called Well Africa. But the things he was doing was and it was all based on his story of growing up and the things he went through there in the Ivory Coast. But <clears throat> the end result was him building school and getting kids education so they could kind of break their cycle. And so working with them was really cool and having that opportunity to be a mentor. And I still, I mean, that's the beauty of social media is I'm still able to follow a lot of these kids that are actually putting these things into place, which has been really rewarding. But knowing how much a mentor has been important in my life, plus the opportunity to be a mentor, it, it was really a neat opportunity. Then, you know, as things continued and having opportunities to do it, and there's a lot of things, you know, when I've been running Kodiak Mountain Stone since 2005, we've done some great things. We've also screwed up a lot. And there's lots of times I'd sit down with my CFO and we'd be talking and I'd be like, man, we got to add this one to the book when we're done, because this is something people can learn from. And I'd always talk to him about someday liking to be a coach because of the knowledge I had from running my own business, plus some trainings I had taken and whatnot, and just the whole mentor side of things. And one day he, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> he phoned me and he says, Hey, I've got another client that I'd like you to meet. And he's actually, he doesn't live that far from you. And he set up a meeting and I went and met this guy. And it was really awesome because this guy is a very successful coach, but his background is he had a manufacturing company that was in the home industry. And so we had very similar backgrounds and we got talking and talking about what I've done, what I did and you know, what I'd like to do on the coaching side. And he just says, why aren't you doing it? And I thought, you know, I guess probably because I don't feel like I've got the qualifications. And then, so he kind of just took a step back and said, well, look, you've done this, 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 you've got this training, you've got that training. Why aren't you doing it? And so that kind of triggered me to give me the opportunity to say, yeah, I, I can do it. And I did, I did take some additional training at that point and whatnot, and I'm still running Kodiak Mountain Stone, but I've started putting a lot more focus on the coaching side of things. And, you know, it's like I was saying, it's just like going back, whether it's a, in Hawaii or in the banking and being able to sit down with people, you know, especially I, I absolutely love working with startups because you just, they've got that dream and that desire and that ambition and to help them put it all together. And it's really rewarding. So the coaching side, I've really liked. I do the one-on-one -on -one coaching and one of the things I've really enjoyed recently and COVID's been great for it is it gave me time to kind of sit back and say, okay, here's what I think some people need mm. and develop, develop some online courses and put some courses together so that, you know, I love the one-on-one -on -one stuff, but it also gives me the ability to reach further with the online. I love that you mentioned, you know, you had this, uh, I guess this imposter syndrome for lack of a better term, where you're just like, I, I want to be a coach, but I don't. I don't have ABCD and this mentor was like, yeah, you do. What are you? Yeah. And so um, I know that one of the big proponents of your coaching program is learning how to be better, learning to be a better self talker, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. And, you know, it, so like this month is about content. And what I was really interested in is talking about the content that we allow ourselves to believe. And how detrimental that can become. I mean, I I've been the same way where it's just like, Oh, I, I, I don't have enough experience or I don't have a this or I don't. And then you have someone just kind of shock you and say, yeah, 
yeah, you do. You're just talking yourself out of this. And so can you just talk about your experience with that? Just, and what you see in your coaching clients too. Absolutely. And I think the more I've studied it, the more I've watched is people don't understand or appreciate the power of your own self-talk, your own thinking, the things you're telling yourself. And on a positive and negative aspect of that, um, you know, I, I, I would say who the quotes by, but I don't remember, but I read somewhere someone saying, you know, if someone realized how detrimental negative self-talk is, they'd never do it again. Because, you know, we've got, and especially if you're wanting to do something new or you're an entrepreneur or something, you've got enough critics, but your own criticism on yourself is so detrimental on what you, and, you know, in my one, I've got one program on my website that's just a free program called my Momentum Series that I talk about you know, it's, it's something I learned through Tony Robbins was your, the success, success cycle with your beliefs and your confidence and, you know, how that all ties together because human beings potential is unlimited. And, you know, I wrote an article a while ago. Um, I think it's on my website called whatever the mind can believe and conceive it can achieve. I mean, the, probably the most famous article, um, example of that is Roger no one thought anyone could break the four minute. And then, you know, in 1954, he breaks it. And what happens then? All of a sudden, it's doable. And all of a sudden, a whole bunch of people have done it. Last October, I'm going to butcher his name. It's Elude Chipchog or something like that. I believe he's from Kenya. Broke the two-hour barrier in the marathon. Never been done before, but now it's done. It's possible, okay? And so as we look at these things and as what we believe, it really has a huge impact on what we do because our mind and our body, it doesn't know the difference between reality or a thought. And when we can put a very vivid, positive thought in our heads, our mind and body will react to that and come out the same way. So recently I was part of a summit. Um, There was 18 coaches from all around the world and we put on a virtual summit and it was turn your fear into fuel. And it, it it was based, it was kind of put together for female entrepreneurs but there's so much in it that is very applicable to everyone. And if anyone wants to go to jeffhagey.com, scroll down to the bottom of the homepage, there's a free ebook that all 18 of us have a chapter in there. And I want to talk about a little bit of what I've got in that chapter. Yeah, nice. Is, yeah, it's so much based on the results we'll get based on our self-talk. And, you know, if you look at the things that, if you just analyze your self-talk, it's almost all these questions. You're asking yourself questions. and It'll be questions like, why did that happen to me? Why why can't I do this? Why can't I succeed? Why did I fail again? Those sort of things. And as we've become more and more aware of those conversations that we're having and realize that we're having those, we can interrupt that pattern and change those questions. And it'll have a huge impact on the outcome of whatever we're trying to succeed at. And so what I talked about in that summit was changing the habitual questions that you're asking yourself. And a practice that I've been putting into place and what, um, if you, if you get that ebook, what I talk about and also list some questions there is I break it down to monthly, weekly, and daily. And I've got a set of mindset questions that I ask myself on a monthly basis. And basically I'll review the month and, you know, what am I going to achieve? All those sort of things. I do the same thing on a weekly basis, but I think the most important part is the ones you do on a daily basis. And I start out at the beginning of the day. I've got a list of questions that I'll ask myself. You know, I do all my, I block time, I schedule, I find all my tasks and stuff, but there's some specific questions that I ask that I ask myself on a daily basis that 
really starts to shift the way that I'm thinking and the self-talk that I'm having. And then at the end of the day, I've got another set of questions that kind of reflects back. But as you're doing these, um, if you, one of the things I talk about in the summit is your reticular activating, which your RAS, and it's actually just a little small part in, in your brain. But if you've never heard of it, I'll give you an example, cause I'm sure you've experienced, um, you know, we, there's so much going on around us, even right now, you know, you're not paying attention to everything. You know, you're not paying attention to the blood beating in your ear. You're not paying attention to your feet touching the ground right now. There's so many things, sensories and things that are happening around us and you can't pay attention to all those. So what the RAS is, it's basically a filter that tells your brain what to focus. And so as you're asking these questions and you're focusing on these things, it's telling your brain what's important and what you need to be focused on. So just as an example, like I was going to say, um, <clears throat> think of a time that you've bought a car and maybe it's not a car that you've seen around a lot, but an example, when we moved here to Arizona, I bought my daughter a little Mitsubishi Spider convertible. Really cool. Oh my God. That was my dream car as a teenager, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I had actually never even seen one. Yeah. They are mm -hmm. such a cool car. Um, but like I said, I'd never seen one, but I buy it. I'm seeing it. Right. I mean, it's the same thing that happens. You buy a dress, you start seeing. So is that the Bader Meinhof complex? Is that what that is? <clears throat> I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I think it's that. Oh, okay. It does. I think that there's some, some scientific thing about that, but you're saying that that just reminded me, I think it's a Bader Meinhof, okay. something like that. Sorry, please. That's, all, shiny, that's okay. Shiny object. Please go. <laughs> that's all right. But so it's the same thing. It's, it's not that those cars around your RAS, your reticular activating system is saying, okay, this is something that's important to you. Pay attention. And now that that car is driving by you actually. So as you're changing your self-talk, changing the way you're asking the habitual questions and going through these daily mindset, it's changing the things that are telling you. And so it's, <clears throat> you know, you think of a situation that maybe you were, hadn't even put a lot of thought into it, but you're like, you know, I want to do this. I want to, sometime I'm going to do this on all of a sudden an opportunity presents itself and you, and you're like, Hey, that's funny. I just thought of that. And all of a sudden I can do this, but that's what, how this all works is because when you can change the way you're looking at things, talking to yourself, asking those questions, and you ask those questions on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, when those opportunities present themselves, your RAS is telling you that's important. You need to pay attention and it's going to help you find the ways to do it. And so in doing that, you know, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot more asking yourself a question on your goals, but really that's, that's where I went with this whole. And as I mentioned, I, you can, if you go into at jeffhagey.com at the bottom, there's a fear to fuel ebook that you can get. And it actually, um, lists out all the questions that I ask on a regular and something that I'll, I'll hopefully have it changed before this airs or whatever. One of the things that I've actually, because, so I, I do this myself and you know, every day I'm going through asking my questions and stuff. And then evening I do the same thing. But one of the things I have changed is I also, I've got my most important goals. And even though I write them out at the beginning of them stuff, I started to rewrite them every day. So my top five goals, I'm writing them out every day. Um, not cause I forgot them, but because I want to keep them right at the front of my mind. But <clears throat> you know, it all comes down to what, what, what are you feeding yourself? How are you talking in your mind? What are the questions that you're asking? Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really curious about your questions, but, um, that's personal. So I won't, but my, I guess I'm more thinking about when do you figure out that a question isn't serving you anymore? Like how often do you rotate out your questions or have you stuck with the same ones? And what do you recommend people start 
thinking about when they're ready to start up this exercise? I, I think it's something that you start immediately. Um, if you don't think you're ready, that means you're ready. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> and, and it's very easy to personalize these to you, but I'll, I'll tell you like my, the daily questions and I have them. I actually put a link on my website as well. It's jeffhagey.com slash fear into fuel. And they're all listed there. And so in the morning, and it just says, write in your journal, what are your top three priorities of the day? What tasks must be done today? What is the one thing that it, that you can get excited about today? Um, what could cause me stress or problems today? And how can I best handle it? Who can I serve today? And that's, that's one that asking that on a daily basis, I think is important. And then I think this is probably the most important question out of all of them. And it's probably had the biggest mind, sh mind shift switch for me was what is one thing that I, that I can do today that will take me out of my comfort zone. And I, I think that's, yeah, that's brilliant. And then at the end of the day, I will know my day was successful if, and what big goal or project do I want to keep in mind today, even if I'm not going to be able to work directly on it today. And so those are the questions I ask at the beginning of the day. At the end of the day, it's what happened today that was great. What situation or task did I handle well today? What did I learn today? How could I have made today even better? And did I live and act intentionally today? So, and it's very easy for someone to customize that and say, you know, what, here's another question that I think I need to focus on and just add that in. The one, just as I was reading it, I remembered this one, the one that was, what did I learn today? When I was still living in Canada, I was, um, one of my neighbors, uh, his, his son was still in high school. Um, but he really had an entrepreneurial spirit and actually he had started his own business. Now he's out of high school and stuff and he would always come and talk to me. And I just loved talking to the kid about stuff, but it was funny because every time, you know, I'm a lot older than him. He's a high school kid. Every time I saw him, the first thing he'd say to me is, what did you learn today? <laughs> and you know, when, when that's something that, oh, I'm going to see Max today, I mean, he's going to ask me what to think about it. And so when you you're under pressure, you, absolutely. So when you know, you're going to ask you, it really changes. I love that. And I especially love the, the who can I serve today? Just, I think that that really affects a mindset of one, getting outside of yourself and two, just making sure that you are focusing on the reason that you have whatever business or entrepreneurial pursuit, or even going to work that day. Like, who am I going to serve? Going to serve A, B, C, D, E, even if it's not my business, like I'm still, because this all ties in together. Um, can we talk more about interrupting patterns? I think that you know, one thing I kind of try and rally against is hustle culture and the like, no rest, keep going all the time, you know, bigger, stronger, faster. And it like, it just, it leaves no room for self-care or um, introspection, really. So I think that people who were in that, you know, especially during the recession, when we're all trying to just scramble and survive, um, it was very easy and almost comfortable to let yourself get in this negative mindset, right? And of just like, I have to keep going. I, ha I have to be better. I have to blah, blah, blah. So how do you recommend people start recognizing that they're in this, they're having these negative questions, especially if they've been doing it for so long? And like, what are easy ways that they can interrupt those kind of patterns? You know, it's, it's funny what our society has turned into. It's, it's almost like it's a badge of honor to say, you know, I worked 20 hours every day this week. I, I was hustling, I was grinding. And the reality is if you really put a lot more effort into figuring out 
how to manage things. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I know there's times that you've got to put in hours, but you've got to do it in a way where, you know, can you, can you really work 20 hours a day, five days a week and be effective for 20 hours a day, five days a week? You're not going to. And I, I've got a good friend, Richie Norton, that he really has a really neat philosophy on how he's, um, you know, formed his lifestyle is he's created what he wants, his career around the life he wants to live. You know, he, there was one, I think it was for a year, his family just hit the road and they traveled all through the United States and Canada and it, they do the things that they want to do. And he was able to do everything he does from his phone. And so, you know, the, like I said, there's times that you do need to hustle and you know, that you've got to work hard. Um, but you've also got to be able to do it in, I don't know if I should say moderation, but do it to the point that you've got those focus periods, you know, in, in my, in my podcast, I'm always talking about, you know, and you've got to figure out what's your block time. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to take 60 minutes today that I've got zero interruptions, no matter what happens around me, I'm focused on this and you can, you can be very productive and effective for 60 minutes, but then you, you've got to take a break. You've got to step away. You've got to start over. Um, and I, I just think that's one of the things that has caused a lot of problems is there is such a hustle grind mindset that you've got to work 20 hours a day sort of thing that people that aren't doing it feel like they're not successful. That they feel like they're not keeping up. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I think you've got to just be able to figure out, you know, it just, it goes back to everything with social media. I remember when we first moved to Arizona, our kids were so anxious to get back to Canada and see their friends and stuff. And so in, in fall break, we went back up there and stuff. And I mean, it was great. They saw their friends and it was awesome. But when we got back, they said, you know what? Everything's the same. It's, it wasn't all just the good stuff that we saw on social media. And so, you know, you've got to, you've got to make your plans and create your path for how you want to live and what you need to do to be successful in what you're doing and not base it on, you know, I see this guy online telling me I've got to hustle grind 20 hours a day. And you know, there might, there's, there's going to be days that you might have a project that's going to take 20 hours a day of hustle and grind. That's right. But you can't sustain that. And so you've got to be okay with that. And you've got to be able to, um, you know, figure out those things that you can schedule your time and your, what you're doing that you can be successful without doing that. So when do you think that, what are the signs that the self-talk in your head has needs correcting? Um, for most people, I, I can tell you. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's, that's totally fair. <laughs> because it, it really is. People are extremely, and even if they don't think it, it's there's a lot of negative self-talk around that and i think the most important part is recognizing that because you know it doesn't it doesn't matter you can say i'm as disciplined as anyone can get and i have the best self-talk you're going to have some negative thoughts it happens you're, you're going to have disappointments you're going to you're going to have failures um you've got to if you're moving forward and you just like i said when i first started focusing on this i remember the first time that i actually was like, whoa I recognize that and I can make that change. And so I think it's just a matter of starting to recognize when you're having those conversations in your head, what the questions are and how can you rephrase it? You know, what can I say rather than, 
oh, why did I fail today? It's what did I learn from this? This didn't work out. So what can I learn so that I'm not doing the same thing going forward? That's brilliant. And it's um, insidiously simple. I guess like it, I know it's easier said than done, but it's so like, it doesn't have to be complicated. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. I not sure where I want to go with this. Cause I want to ask you about, we, we talked about Tony Robbins and I want to ask about unleash the power. Cause I saw you went to it and I would, I just want to hear your experience about it. I'm so interested and I love Tony. I think he's a fantastic um, mentor to have. So have you been there before or was this your first time doing the, it was virtual this time, right? I've, uh, I've studied a lot. I'm in a course called Knowledge Broker Blueprint with him and Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd never been to any of his, his date with Dennis and like that. And I was actually, I was in a seven day challenge he was doing just a while ago. And that's when he announced that he was doing uh, UPW, Unleashed Power with Virtual. And so, yeah, I jumped on and it was, it was a great, um, you know, one of, one of the things he always talks about, you know, he, he's such a student of Jim Rohn. And when he was uh, learning from Jim Rohn, he, he said to him one time, you know, we, I come to your seminars and you say the same things. You know, when are you going to start teaching me new stuff? And he says, when you start him. And so... You know, one thing about going to UPW this week, um, it wasn't a ton of new stuff that he taught, but to hear it taught in that environment, have it told to you again, you know, it's it's a matter of e- even if you people that have been to his stuff before, they're, they're always going back. And the reason is it's you've got to get that refresher. You've got to get that focus. And yeah, it was it was a great experience. Oh my God. He, he built this where, you know, he had a 360 screen around him where he had about three or 4,000. It was like a Zoom call, just like this sort of thing. But he had three or 4,000 screens up at a time and he could pick one and talk. Into it. I can't imagine getting called out by Tony Robbins in a, in a Zoom conference of just like spinning and you, you do it. Oh, God. No pressure. But I, I mean, that's what you go there for, right? So that's that's yeah. amazing. Um, when do you usually recommend people start looking for coaching and when do you feel like people are ready to come to you? I, I think, um, and this was actually something he talked about this weekend that I thought was really good. He, he says, you know, whether it's a coach or just a mentor, everyone needs to find one now and not a friend. And I, I guess one thing I'll, I'll throw this back on you a bit. You recently had a coach. And, and I asked you about that and you said, you know, it was incredibly helpful. He held me accountable, gave me another proof. What, besides what I just repeated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I was with her for uh, six months and the reason I stopped was actually COVID related, but it was uh, very helpful in the sense that I, like you said, like she wasn't, she was very friendly, but she was not a friend. She was the person that I had to report to and be accountable to in addition to myself. And I feel like that was incredibly helpful to have because I can talk myself out of anything. And (laughs) I can also be very hard on myself, like you were saying. And so having her there really balanced that out in terms of um, getting perspective on the reality of my situation. So you know, not allowing myself to succumb to negative self-talk, but understanding like, okay, the timelines that I'm setting are self-imposed and no one is, no one is getting affected by this by me. So if I do miss a timeline for some reason, like I can just keep going and the world doesn't stop. And 
On the other hand, okay, why are you missing these deadlines? Why are like why why aren't these goals being achieved? So it, it was good to have someone on the best of both worlds. And I'm actually right now in a mastermind group. So I don't have one-on-one coaching, but I'm trying this as a different angle to see, um, I guess just the re- seeing the difference in perspective of a one-on-one versus a group and seeing what's most effective in my situation. But this one has been only a month, so I can't really report on if I think that you know private coaching or group coaching is better for me. Um, they both have, you know, they both have their pluses and minuses, but I absolutely recommend everyone invest in their well-being, whether it's a therapist or a coach or something, preferably both, just because like you said, like you just get in this vibe of this negative self-talk ecosystem of, and there's no one there to break you out of it. And, you know, spouses, friends, whomever, they have your best interests at heart, but they're going to be afraid to say the tough questions or you're going to be offended because they say the tough questions. And so in my experience, having someone who is a coach, <laughs> I'm paying them. I have to That's in my best interest. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with everything you've said there. You know, there's a lot of things. If just from a mentor perspective, you can find that in so many areas. You can autobiographies, you know, I, I look at Napoleon Hill as a mentor of mine. I look at Dale Carnegie as a mentor. And there's so many of those that you can do. But from a coaching perspective, I, I think um, a lot of people don't understand it, I think. And I don't think they understand the benefits that can come out of it. And, you know, I, because I, I kind of, I do two things. I do the business coaching and depending on who the client is and different clients, are going to do different things you know on, on the business coaching i've got the one coaching um i've got a product called my e-learning marketing system for someone that doesn't they they need it they want it they don't want to pay for the one-on-one coaching they can do a do-it-yourself online program i have a year long um and then i've also got you know the mastermind a mastermind has been an incredible tool that i've been using for a while and the cool thing about that is everyone comes on that every week and we'll narrow down on someone's specific item that they're struggling with, that they need help with. And you're getting a perspective from people from like everyone on this mastermind. There's a few people on there that I knew ahead of time, but everyone else, no one knew each other before. And now they're all doing business with each other. And they're from, there's some in Canada, there's, they're all over the States. And to watch what has happened with those people has been amazing. And the support network that it's created has been really cool, but it, it really gives you, I mean, Going back to that conference in Hawaii that we talked about, um, you know, I was at a point with my stone company that I needed to figure out a few things and I, I was struggling. I couldn't figure it out. And I was sitting at that conference and there was a lady there that owned a scrapbooking company. And we got talking about some stuff she had done and a pivot she had done. And I was like, dang, that's what I need to do. And that's, that's the power of a mastermind is she's from a completely different industry, completely different perspective that gave me the ideas I needed to do in my stone company. And when you have a mastermind, you're bringing in all those different people to help you. At. And I, I think that's masterminds are incredible. Um, the other thing I do is I do monthly group coaching where, you know, it's a lot less expensive than a one-on-one session and you're not going to have the personalized stuff, but it's, you know, on specific topics, we get into specific trainings and you can learn a lot from it. So there's a lot of different things. And even, you know, look at some of the people I, I work one-on-one with. They're part of the mastermind as well. And so there's a lot of ways to pull it all together. But I think in one form or another, 
you need to be looking for a mentor, a coach, where, wherever you're at. And it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or an employee, it, it doesn't matter because they're going to help you get to the next level. For sure. And I, we're getting close to the end, so I, I'll keep this quick for you. But when do you, so you say you do business coaching and life coaching. So when do you recommend someone decides one or the other, or I guess a hybrid of both, but um, do you feel that it is more beneficial for entrepreneurs to go the business coaching route, or do you feel that they can be, jump in either way? You, what are your recommendations? I guess it depends. I mean, you need to get to know the coach that you're working with, um, or you're potentially going to work with and know where their skill set is, know where they focus those sort of things. Because to me, um, they're really tied together. Um, you know, to be successful in business, you've got to have the right mindset. And, you know, a lot of my stuff, I like, for example, my one online course, Marketing Accelerated, is focusing on the marketing aspect of business and you know, setting up the proper landing pages, setting up drip campaigns, all those sort of things. But from an overall, from an overall perspective, you've got to have the right mindset to be able to know where you're going to go with things. And so that, you know, even the people I coach with business, I pull a lot of the life stuff, life coaching stuff into that. Um, you know, if I'm doing more of the life coaching with someone and they don't run a business or they don't have any interest in that, I don't pull the business stuff into that. But um, I think the business side of coaching requires the life coaching as well. So let's talk about your momentum video series. I want to hear more about this. You had mentioned it briefly, but I'm really interested in what the, the ins and outs of it are. Okay, sure. And yeah, it's just, um, I put it together when COVID started because I thought, you know what, anytime I, I absolutely did not think this was going to last this long, <laughs> but anytime there's a downturn, something like that happens, there's, <coughs> there's kind of two ways you can go. There's, you know, the sky's falling. Why is this happening to me? There's all the negative stuff, but the people that are prepared for it can recognize the opportunity, can recognize that you know, you look at in the last hundred years, all the downturns, some of the biggest companies that exist were started in those downturns. And so when this all started, that's what I kept thinking is there's going to be opportunities and there's going to be a lot of people that are getting beat up over this. And, you know, if, the, if their heads between their legs and they're not looking for these opportunities, they're going to miss out. And so what I did in those, that series is one, I, the first, the first video, um, I talk about the momentum cycle and building confidence and, you know, when, when things don't go right, what you need to do to continue with that confidence. Um, I'm a basketball coach. So if you go through it, there's a lot of basketball analogies, <laughs> but um, it, it's really about the success cycle and the things that you need to change and interrupt and do to keep that, you know, starting with potential action result confidence and how that all keeps going. And then I get into a process of just teaching people how to, you know, figure out what their goals are and figure out where they want to be in a year. And they can use the same process to where I want to be in five years type thing and really figure out what it is and what I need to do to achieve those goals. And then the last one, which I think is probably the most important is taking each of those goals and figuring out what your why is behind it. You know, why, why is that your goal? Because every time someone goes through it, they'll say, oh, it's because I want this. But then when they go through this process that I lay out, it's, it's actually a process I learned from 
Dean Graziosi, I can't remember where he said he learned it, but um, it's basically you ask yourself, okay, this is my goal. Why do I want it? And you ask yourself that going through that process seven times. And when you really spend the time to do it, by the time you get to that seventh level, um, yeah, you realize there's a lot deeper meaning behind it. And when you know what your why is, that's what's going to motivate you. That's on the days that you don't want to get up in the morning, but you know my real why of why I want to do this is this. That's mm-hmm. the one that gets you out of bed in the morning. I love the seven too, because that kind of takes away the the Miss America answers. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, I think I'm supposed to say this. So this is, and then the seventh time you're like, that's not, no, like I can't keep lying to myself about that. That's brilliant. So where can people go find this and where can they sign up for it? Uh, jeffhagee.com j-e-f-f-h-e-g-g-i-e.com and it's right at the top of the page and it's free i think it goes out you get the first video right away and then i think it's every two days you'll get three videos i think the first one's about probably about 40 minutes and then probably 20 minutes a piece after that really easy well and let's talk about your podcast too you have two podcasts right yeah so the Jeff and Heidi show. It's a podcast that we just interview entrepreneurs. Um, it, it started out actually a friend of mine that when I, just before I left Canada, we were going to start one called um, Entrepreneur Next. Mm-hmm. Just interviewing everyday entrepreneurs, learn about their journey and stuff. And then I moved, he moved, it kind of fell apart. And so Heidi and I started that up. And it's basically what we're doing is interviewing entrepreneurs, learning their stories for people to get some inspiration and just to hear some great stories of successful entrepreneurs and stuff like that. Um, the second one, and that's a weekly podcast that we do. <coughs> Excuse me. This, the second one started out, I had someone that was struggling during this COVID stuff. And he says, you know what, just every day, can you just give me a quick boost, a message, something, just kind of give me some motivation just to keep going and stuff. And I started doing that. And then I started doing it, sending them videos. And then I thought, I'm going to make this a podcast. And so it turned into, I'm doing it five days a week. And it's just a short, you know, they're usually between two and seven minutes long. They're quick. It's uh, Jeff Hagee's Daily Success Strategies. And I just talk about different things. You know, on, on Friday, I talked about focusing on your why, not the how. So when you're yeah. trying to trying to do something, rather than focus on what's the strategy, I'm going to do that. Focus on why you're going to do it and figure it out. And then today I talked about, um, you know, pull, some of the late latest podcasts I've done, I kind of pull them all together into a success formula that you start, begin with the end in mind, uh, why, not how, and, you know, work through it and gave five different steps on how to create success that way. And so that, yeah, they're, they're fun. They're quick. They keep me motivated to keep learning things and teaching. And I, I really enjoy them. So. That's so you sound so busy, but so productive. <laughs> <laughs> and you basketball coach and you have kids and you <laughs> yeah <laughs> <coughs> it's scheduling yeah you are you are the, you are the champion of the schedule that's in time blocking <laughs> so jeff i'm gonna put all these links in the show notes but uh is there anything else you want people to know before we go no it's uh appreciate the opportunity um love to have people uh follow me on instagram jeff Hagee coaching you know, I'm on everything else too, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Facebook. I've got a Facebook page there. And actually, I've got a um, Daily Success Strategies uh, group there too. So you oh, can cool. go there and grab that and it comes out every day. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity.
Hey guys, Megan here. One thing before you go, I would love to answer your questions on the next Q&A episode. All you have to do is go to meganbrame.com slash askmegan and you'll be redirected to a site to leave your questions for me and hopefully get on the next episode. I do them once a month and I am excited to hear your questions and hopefully help you guys out. Again, it's meganbrame.com slash askmegan. I'll talk to you guys soon. YouTube videos, you know, and yes, those are all content, but I mean con- a more holistic, you will, like a full kind of way. I'm talking about content as 